0: Thomas Keating is Irish, he grew up in the UK, he's worked in Australia and in Belgium and now he's at Linköping University. How did he end up here and how does he find Sweden and the Swedes? Well, he'll tell you all about it in this episode. Welcome to Work It LIU, my name is Priya. Thomas and welcome to the podcast.
1: Good evening, thanks, yeah, thank you very much for the chance to speak.
0: So um, this is an episode for the podcast Work at LiU, so basically we're gonna, we talk to people about how it is to work at Linköping University. So would you like to tell me a bit about your background?
1: Absolutely, Uh, I'm a human geographer, um, so my background uh, I began my studies in Bristol in the UK, uh, where I uh, uh, studied both a bachelor's, master's and PhD, so that's a kind of joint project, um, um, and I guess my background personally is in the UK in that sense, so I grew up um, in the northwest of England with uh, my families from, um, although I have family from Ireland and from Canada. Um, And after that, I've worked in Wales in the UK, and I also have lived and worked in Brussels in Belgium, and in Canberra in Australia. So that was my route to Sweden, Um, I guess relatively uh, diverse in some respects, and um, one that's been uh, a marriage of different kinds of interests and personal, <laughs> professional uh, experiences. Um, but yes, and I, so I arrive here as a geographer um, and doing a project, two-year projects, with Professor Anna Storm on nuclear memory. So looking really at the way Sweden is such an interesting place because it's storing nuclear waste or plans to store nuclear waste deep underground. And so we're looking at what it means and how, what methods can be used to transfer memory about these geological repositories for nuclear waste uh, 100,000 years into the future.
0: So was Sweden like an obvious choice when, when you were looking for these opportunities? Was it like, yeah, this, is, this makes sense? Or was it just by chance?
1: Uh, it, it, it was something we were really hoped for, so me, I, uh, me and my partner, we have a child, and we were really excited to um, move to Sweden, it's somewhere we'd always hoped to live. Um, we discussed it a little bit when we were living in Belgium in the last few years, um, um, for lots of reasons, um, And there's, I mean, I could list thousands of different conversations we'd had about why... We wanted to move here but one of the reasons was that um i guess we saw it as a place that felt it matched a lot of our values um, certainly in terms of its commitment to uh, governments that are uh, committed to equality and committed to trying to create certain kinds of social justice and that's something that i certainly believe in and thinks important um environmental politics seems quite strong here and something, again, I think is really interesting and something that speaks to the research I do. Um, And also it's social care and systems, which we think uh, world leading, I think is world leading is very important to us. Um, And strangely, I mean, this is a personal thing, but, uh, you know, as a parent, having a child, um, learning a little bit about the education system here, I mean, I'm certainly no expert, but I just found it very appealing, the idea of the way young people are taught and educated in full scholar. Um It seems quite interactive um, and, quite, and quite unique, quite different to the way I was raised. So it's something that really appealed to me in that sense too, The the kind of culture of learning for young people is something as a parent I was definitely attracted to.
0: It like seems like you did a lot of like research before you came <laughs> here. <Things like>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm very good at spinning it, but no, no, I did again. This is based on a <laughs> it's very quick cool research and watching a lot of YouTube videos. From, if I'm totally honest, that's that's how it. A lot of the information I got about Sweden came from these very, you know, unrigorous sources.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. no, but still, uh, if it feels <laughs> like because what you're saying. just like it feels very uh well thought through so that's Mm -hmm. uh, i think that's really really great and how about lynchoping university okay saying you knew sweden because of all of what you just described but lynchoping university how come you ended up here
1: um well because of a really interesting job advert is the answer um uh so, the position, I mean, I won't go on too much about the position, but it's about nuclear waste and memory. And it's something anyone who's ever watched the film Into Eternity um, that pretty nicely captures some of the themes that go on in this project about how to speculate about the future, how to communicate over thousands of years, um, the, the kind of existential philosophical questions that are attached to that. Um, environmental problem. Um, so the, the the research going on here, in, I'm based in Timate, and that's something I found really fascinating, something I'd have been interested in as a geographer working in Australia. Um, I taught students on these topics in the last few years, and it's something as a young researcher in terms of my career stage. Um, uh, it's something that really appealed to me. Um, and so that's why I was here. And I arrived here during the pandemic. So, um I arrived to an empty office and building in, in many respects because of those restrictions. So, in, and, and I, I also couldn't come here for an interview. So, my first uh, day working here was about the third day, my third day in Sweden ever. So, um, yeah, I must admit, I didn't. Yeah, I, I knew hardly uh, nothing about Lin shopping. Um, everything I, I did know come, coming into the city was based on, like I say, some pretty quick research and some pretty, um, yeah. Not, I came in quite blind, is what I should say. I came in without many preconceptions, and um, I was. I'm really happy to have arrived here. Uh, it's a really beautiful place. Um, and it's something, it's been quite a surprise and quite uh, an interesting adventure the last few months, settling into life, life in this part of Sweden. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. But um, I was thinking, you said you came during the pandemic. Obviously, that's not easy, but did you come across any other like struggles or hardships when you moved here uh, or was like what you saw on YouTube? Was that, was that enough for you to kind of um, manage?
1: I, I was surprised at how much stuff is on YouTube, I mean I mean on blogs, expat blogs, things like that. Um, you know, I I I watched things about other people from Europe and from different countries who arrived here and gave advice and all those resources I found useful. In addition to things actually on the Limb Shopping University website, which is very useful for international staff, and I found that, you know, I'm a native English speaker, so but that's certainly a lot of resources in English were you know, were very easy for me to access, um and yeah, the biggest hardship. If the, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to overdo it too much. In terms of hardships, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But um I had a, an experience trying to enter into the administrative machine here is slower than in other places I've lived. Um, the, the you know the person number, which is
0: yeah.
1: um, a big thing for lots of people, I think and the Swedish ID that comes after that, um, being the the kind of two keys through which you can... um...
0: It opens up a lot, like it's magic. Once you get the personal number and your ID, like everything just opens up.
1: Exactly, but I think that is really amazing. I mean, thinking about things like bank ID, uh, even bank accounts, you're not really able to open a bank account here until you have those things. Uh, And because of the pandemic, the actual waiting times to get a person number have been elongated. So there is an issue there about how to um, make sure people can integrate quickly, especially just starting a job. Not having a bank account here was a bit tricky um, for the first few months. Uh, So it took me about, I think it was about 18 weeks we were estimated to get our person, which. yeah, that's
0: longer yeah. than usual, but yeah, I think still I saying, it's slightly a long longer time. than
1: usual. Um, so that but it feels like now after about four or five months, we're now in the system and that's made life easier administratively in terms of yeah, all the things you can do with a bank account. Which <laughs> So yeah, we'll definitely feel part of society properly now. Um but otherwise I would say it's been really uh, great and I've been really amazed at how certainly on a personal level um one of the things that i'd heard coming into sweden is that people aren't necessarily friendly or don't necessarily like to engage in small talk or cold talk as i believe it's mm-hmm. um but that's not necessarily matched up to my experience um i found that i've um, i wouldn't say i've made lots of friends or anything like that but i would i certainly have neighbors that i enjoy talking with um I've certainly met lots of colleagues who've been very friendly and supportive. So, um, yeah, we I feel there have been relatively few personal hardships and um, feel quite adjusted and comfortable uh, living here.
0: Is there anything else about the Swedes that you, you heard and that maybe it was confirmed or maybe or maybe not
1: um i'm fascinated by the relationship to light one thing i'd heard coming in and matches up to my experience is that swedish people have a very particular relationship to light and lighting i think that's really interesting uh, i find it amazing they, they have people adorn their houses with the most beautiful light fixtures it seems but the cables outside of the ceiling yeah very distinctive especially during
0: christmas like in from december to like february
1: yes yeah it seems like it's really transforming that the city at the moment everything's becoming it's because sweden is so dark and, yes, and, uh, and the, the absence of light too fascinating um so that uh, I and I heard that Swedish people love sweets, uh, and so I think that's definitely matched up to my experience. I think that's really fascinating. I was quite surprised to see just so how many shops have a huge range of sweets. As a parent, that becomes a bit of a challenge moving through a supermarket.
0: It will be. Uh,
1: yeah, yes. it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, feet height uh, that can be accessed by small hands, um, and. I guess um, the outdoor mentality has certainly been similar to what I expected in that people value and cherish time outdoors Yeah. To an early age. And, and even in the office, people here um, have organised kind of walks they might do once a day uh, with other members of staff where you just get out of the office for half an hour of a lunch and, and yeah, obviously spend, spend time outside even in the winter. And I think that's an important and interesting difference to working culture. Um, Yeah, one that should be celebrated, I think. I think it's very interesting and really important, of course, even from kind of efficiency point of view, if you can become more efficient, as it were, if you can can get a bit of time outside, but obviously, as well, just actually enjoying your day and enjoying time in a forest or wherever it might be.
0: Yeah, it seems like you have gotten a really nice picture of the the Swedes and Sweden, even though it's dark, but like the lights light everything up Mm. and everything. Uh, In the beginning, you mentioned that you grew up in the UK, you have family in Ireland and Canada, you've worked in Australia and Belgium. Uh, So you obviously have a lot of experience from different countries when it comes to working. So what would you say are the main differences between like Sweden and the other places where you worked?
1: Um, I I could speak mostly about the UK, I think, um, and the biggest differences, although you summarised it very perfectly there, um, but the biggest differences I'd say are, uh, well, certainly working culture, Um, there is a key difference for me, and that's about the Swedish commitment to transparency, which is something I hadn't heard about much before I arrived.
0: Nothing on YouTube about that?
1: I'm not so much, no. I mean, but then again, you know, it's not exactly, <laughs> I don't think it's the most rigorous place to find out this stuff. It's certainly a quick way. Um, I, I could recommend the, the speed. Um, but yes, it's uh, transparent. And certainly the way meetings are held, the way um, job advertisements, job advertisements go out, the way that certain... Um, decisions are made at a faculty level at a department level it seems like there's a real commitment to making sure that people are aware of the processes that go into decision making and who the people are that make these decisions Um, certainly my work with nuclear waste there's also you know this project's only possible because so many government agencies are actually committed to publishing papers that tell the public what they're doing. And that means that you can actually see how these decisions are being made and, and the timescale for decisions. So that seems very interesting. And in the UK, uh, I don't think there's quite as much transparency in um, the way that uh, political decisions are made and the way in the way that environmental politics uh, is organized. It seems that there's a lot more investigative journalism that needs to be done by academics and by researchers and others to actually find this information out. is different here. Um, so there's this culture of transparency that I think is interesting. Um, and I think the only other thing I would say that's uh, really notable um, is that obviously you've got different social systems um, and the way that Um, So, the the Swedish word "vabbing," which is an interesting, important word, Um, there's no equivalent to that really in the UK. Um, And I think it's obviously an important social infrastructure uh, and service that needs to be recognised as unique to, well, my experiences, that's a new thing for me and and has made life quite different. So, that's... um, and it's, you know, it's not all necessarily all perfectly good. That there. there's a problem with vabbing in that in the, sometimes you have to um, you have to you know you might be working from home more often than I'm used to um, with children who have mild flu symptoms.
0: Yeah, um, to, just to clarify for those who are listening and don't know what vabbing is, because you might not have kids, you might not be in Sweden yet. It's V A B, which is Board of Barn care of child so when your child is sick up to I think the age of 12 Mm -hmm. you're allowed to stay home and you get uh, some compensation from um, the government basically because you have to stay home from you have to stay home from work to take care of your child and uh, but now during the pandemic obviously it's been easier because um, yeah we've been sitting at home so uh, but we also work from home sometimes and then having a sick child at home and all of that could be you know a bit a bit difficult um because they're not always tired when they're sick <laughs> <laughs> but uh VAB is um that's something that's something i think a lot of people come to sweden with kids that's something they really value
1: um, absolutely because it really
0: allows you to kind of Say to work i can 't come because my child is sick, and I need to take care of
1: it. yeah absolutely and i I think it 's really positive, and I think it 's amazing that you have less in um, there's less risk on yourself parent when your child is sick um, and when I say it 's not all positive, I just mean in a very minor sense um so during the pandemic there are it seems like a lot of preschool, um need to take extra precautions with sick children. So it does mean that you may have to do that more often than perhaps in non pandemic times. So that's been one difference, but certainly the fact that exists, nothing like that exists in the UK, or the structures are very different. Anyway, they're not that you can't compare them. Um, and so that's a huge positive, and one that makes it easier in some ways, to ensure that if you're having to do a project, uh, research project, that you can at least manage that time in a more realistic way and spend less of your evenings working uh, uh, and try to catch up all the time. So yeah, certainly in theory, I think it's a great idea
0: um we've been talking for nearly 20 minutes now so i'll just end with the one last question and that is if there's someone like a new international member of staff coming into Shopping university what is your best tip uh to them
1: um if they
0: to can, watch youtube obviously yeah,
1: watch youtube <laughs> um to I, I actually would advise that you know i mean i think they're doing it anyway certainly um Uh, get in contact with your department to see if they can help you with things like looking for housing. Uh, They might be able to send emails out. And um, I'd say perhaps do some of the preparatory work for entering into the administrative systems before you arrive. So you can, um, you know, work out where your tax office is, um, make sure you've got documents ready. And so almost the first day you're here, begin the process of entering into the system to get the person number and the Swedish ID, I think that's a big thing because having that done uh, early is important and one that we tried to do and we did successfully as a family. And um, um, obviously, it makes life easier when it when it's when it's all done. And also, just I guess um, embrace uh, like you know, like most people do, some of the really unique and fascinating aspects of Swedish life. I think it's a really vibrant and really diverse country. And um, yeah, so yeah, we've been really happy to have moved here and hopefully we'll stay for a little while longer. So yeah.
0: Yeah. We hope you stay too. Well, um, nice. thank you. <laughs> thank you Thomas for joining me today.
1: No, thank you so much. Yeah it's a real pleasure to to chat and um, yeah looking forward to hearing this back.
0: You have listened to work at LIU with me Priya Eklund and today's guest Thomas Keating. We'll be back with more episodes, so keep a lookout.